I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Bring, bring it Hello and welcome back to another episode of the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host today, Jake Jackman. You can reach me on Twitter at Jake Jackman with two N's. You can reach the podcast on Twitter at EPL Roundtable. Um, and today we're joined Thomas and Dan. If you'd just both like to introduce yourself. Yeah, thanks, Jake. Uh, my name is Thomas Bath. I'm the editor of wolvesblog.com, which unsurprisingly is a fan site dedicated to Wolverhampton Winters. Uh, you can get me on Twitter at wolvesblog or at facebook.com forward slash wolvesblog. Hi, I'm Dan, Arsenal fan. You can get me on Twitter at the underscore jersey underscore fits. Thanks so much for joining us today, guys. We'll start with the topics. Uh, we'll start with uh, quite a big topic that's been going around uh, football this week, uh, which is the racism issue, which was first, you know, came into came to attention in the Bulgaria game uh, with the players activating two stages of the, the UEFA protocol. And, and yeah, it was, it was not great there. And then, there was a lot of discussion about how this is more of a an issue abroad and, and it, maybe it's not as bad in England. But then this weekend, there was a, a a moment in one of the FA Cup games where I think it was Haringey left the pitch against Yeovil due to some racist abuse from the... the, the and so it, was, it seems to be coming back in, onto the agenda and, and it's not great. So I just wanted to start on that, um, just get your guys' thoughts on, on just the, the approach to racism in this country, whether the FA and the Premier League are tackling it well. There seems to be a new um, sort of scheme that's come in in the Premier League this weekend. There's been a lot of um, you know T-shirts and little promos for it, which is obviously good, but I'm, I'm interested to know if you think they're doing enough and, and do you think it is just going to be an issue that rumbles on and maybe it's something that can never be solved? I think uh, I think domestically um, there's not a huge amount more that we can do. I'm not. I mean, I mean, I've been going to football matches for 25 years as a season ticket holder, um, and I've probably encountered racism once or twice. I know it still goes on, and no, there's still things happen. We are all dealing with a minority, such a minority of people. We're talking about abuse from the crowd. Um, it's very difficult to stop isolated incidents completely. Um, so, you know, that's tough. I mean, yesterday in that FA Cup game, the correct course of action was taken, I think. If it was if, from the reports I heard, it was really disgusting. And, you know, they walked off and that match was abandoned. That's the correct course of action. I think you have to take the most severe um, choices and, and make examples of people, you know, um, internationally and um, in Europe, I think they are moving towards doing the right things. I think you have to make examples of countries and, and you know, governing bodies. I mean, you know, they need to be behind closed doors, friend, uh, closed doors matches, uh, and they need to be points deductions and they need to be expelled from competitions. And that's, that's very harsh because it is always a minority, but, 
until you take these extreme actions and making a couple of examples out of, out of um, you know, teams, nations, individuals, then, then nothing changes. So um, I think they're moving towards that course of action. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very difficult one to just come up with something to, to solve it. So I do have sympathy for the people trying to do that. Uh, yeah, it's a very difficult issue to solve, obviously. Um, but I, I, there's probably not a hard and fast answer to just you know solve racism. That's pretty difficult to do. Um, uh, from a footballing perspective, I would think on a more macro perspective, like the governing bodies and all that, uh, just increase punishments. That's kind of all they can do. Um, but really, like, you know, don't just have an odd stadium closing or like a fine to the FA. That doesn't really affect the people doing, uh, you know, taking the actions. Um, you just got to kind of increase the punishments. That's more specifically pointed at the um, how UEFA handles it um, and how they have handled it and uh, other uh, countries as well, specifically Syria. That's obviously been a pretty sadly common occurrence for them this season, it seems. Um, maybe that's just all I hear is reported, but I don't know. It's been reported enough times where it's obvious any amount is too much, but even by a, a normal r- r- rate, it's too much. Um, on a more micro level, like what players can do and what fans can do, there's only so much. Um, walking off the pitch is great. That is a, really a good thing to do. Uh, I think that at least has some effect. Uh, it's the most the players can do. Uh, and from a fan's perspective, I guess just call people out when you, if you see it, um, you know, try and get the, the offenders banned from the stadium. That's all you can do. Um, if it doesn't work, I'm not sure there's more you can do. It's obviously a very difficult issue to solve, and I don't think there's a hard and fast good answer for it. So, you know, that, that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, it's obviously a difficult one to, to come up with the answers. Um, I think that... The main thing, and I think Tom is touching it, is probably the the punishments that 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 go for clubs that um, and sort of um, countries that that are found guilty of this, or you know that like Bulgaria the the other night. Um, I think that there just needs to be greater punishment and and a deterrent so that the clubs and and the, you know the bodies involved are motivated to try and put the the protocols in place around stadiums to prevent it. Um, I know there's sort of there must be technology now where you know supporters can can be identified very quickly in a stadium. Surely that sort sort of security system does exist, and it it maybe needs to be looked into. Um, West Ham, I think, were uh, there, there was a case last year, um, no, earlier this this year even, where they, they banned a supporter for life after a racist video was posted on social media uh, at the stadium. So stuff like that, I think is important but it's it's one of those issues where it's never going to be totally solved but the punishments that do do get given especially to to bulgaria now and, and other nations and clubs that are guess you maybe need to be a little bit more um just just to show the seriousness of it because you know you see some of the the punishments when they are posted um on social media compared to other punishments for other things. I think Nicholas Bentner for wearing some sort of branded underpants has had a bigger fine than some countries has been for when, when supporters have been found guilty of it. So I think they just need to, the, the punishments need to be greater, but yeah, it's never going to be totally solved. It's just sort of, it's always going to 
come in and out of the consciousness when when things like this do happen. But moving on to the Premier League now and the actual football that did happen this weekend, we'll start of the Liverpool Manchester United game, which finished just about an hour ago now. Um, thought it was quite an quite an interesting game. I th- it, Mohamed Salah obviously missing out, which which was noticeable on the pitch. I think I just want to get both your guys' thoughts on Liverpool squad depth because if they are gonna go on and win this title they are gonna have to deal with injuries from time to time I'm not sure how serious Salas is he's probably going to be back in a, a game or two but it it was noticeable that they were missing him and that they weren't quite as good with Divock Origi there um it was interested to know your guys thoughts on whether they have the squad depth to challenge it and do you think this could be a an issue for them as, as the season progresses <clears throat> Well, it will be an issue if they get injuries. Um, I think we, we kind of had this conversation before we started up uh, today about about squads in general. And if you're any team in the Premier League and you lose a couple of your key players, then you you know your very best players they're irreplaceable. I mean, Man City obviously played Wolves uh, previous game week, and De Bruyne missed that game. And you could just see that they missed him. He was a player I thought if he was playing, he, he would be able to unlock the door um, in a way that some of those other players weren't quite able to. Um, so I do think if, if Salah or Mane or you know Firmino or a combination of those players, Van Dijk at the back, miss a significant chunk of the season, there's no doubt they don't have like-for-like quality to come in. Um, sometimes it's a combination of the fixtures you get at the time of those players being out. Because sometimes if you get a favourable fixture, you know, if they, with no disrespect to, to teams at the bottom, but if you, you know, you get Sheffield United at home and Marnay's out, then you still fancy your chances of, of probably getting the result. You know, if you've got Man City away and you've got Salah and Marnay out, you think, well, that's that's going to be a combination that's going to hurt you. So it, it will hurt them. Um, they probably haven't got the same level of, of depth of Man City. Um, even though Man City have obviously got a couple of long-term injuries in Laporte and, and Sane that have exposed that squad a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it will hurt them. They've got... Who did they bring on? I mean, they bought players like Lallana on and Oxlade-Chamberlain today who, you know, Lallana got the equaliser. Um, Oxlade-Chamberlain came close a few times to, to scoring the winning goal. Maybe those players whose stock has previously been a lot higher can actually have more of a say than we think they might do. Um, but, you know, those players came on today and effectively salvaged them a point, so may- maybe we should give them a bit more credit. Um, yeah, they. It, it's unfortunate for them because they had not only their first choice uh, attacker hurt, but also their second choice in Jordan Shakiri, because he is probably a, a reasonably uh, fine backup at that position. Um, but obviously with him hurt, he can't play. Um, so it's it's tough. Because uh, everyone, when you're down, like your uh, first choice player and your first choice backup, it's going to be, you know, n- not the level you need. But um, uh, for them to win the title, uh, for for any team to win a title, you need an element of luck, whether that be injury luck or uh, you know, luck in games, uh, overperformance, underperformance that just kind of coincides with uh, the important time in the schedule. Whatever you need luck, um, and Liverpool kind of have to hope they get it. They've had it the last couple of years with um, they have not suffered many injuries to their important players. Um, they have reasonable depth at positions that aren't, um, you know, their front three. Uh, they'll uh, Shakiri is a capable backup. And I think once he's healthy, it'll, the problem will be less severe. 
Uh, but if if they pick up multiple injuries to their front three, they're going to struggle because um, it's just really almost impossible to replace players of that quality, like anything close to like for like. So it's not ideal, but it's also like hard to make it ideal. It's hard to find good backups. So it's only so much they can do, but it, it could be a problem. Absolutely. I did think it was interesting over the summer that they didn't bring in a attacking player. Um, didn't do any noticeable biz, uh, notable business at all. Obviously, half of their squad is as they should be. They had, they had a great season. There was no reason to do anything major. But I thought an, an attacking player would have been useful. Uh, I know they were linked a lot to Pepe before he went to Arsenal and and somebody like that just to, to add some competition and some genuine genuine option to rotate. I think would have been good for them because they don't really have that at the moment. That they're never really going to have a game where they're going to be able to rotate any of those players. You might occasionally be able to bring a Rigi in for Firmino, but you know, last year they did have storage and and he offered something, so they didn't really go about replacing him. So I thought that was a a bit of an oversight during the summer, and and it's only going to be as we progress through the season where they're playing, you know, game two games every week as we get into the Christmas period. Obviously, they're going to have the Club World Cup to contend with. It could be something that comes into it. Um, and to drop points now, just a couple of weeks ahead of the City game, is probably a disappointment for them now, because even if they beat Tottenham next weekend, which you'd probably say they, they will, because Tottenham look terrible at the moment, but they're, they're going to come up against Manchester City, and it's going to be, if if they do lose to that, then the, the title race comes straight back into it, and it's, you sort of give the, the momentum back to City, even if they would be three points behind at that point, and you'd still back them to go on and and do it so yeah i think it's it's early days um but i think that's something they probably should have went and sorted out in the summer and brought a, another player to even if it was to, to replace storage's position i think as european champions you know you can go and attract a good caliber of player even if they are going to be starting from the bench to begin with i, I think that's something they should have done um but it was just strange today with, with henderson playing on the right for a lot of it with you know that didn't really look like it worked. It, it probably to the detriment of the team because Trent Alexander Arnold was sort of putting crosses in from deeper. He wasn't able to get forward because Henderson was always sort of where he wanted to be. So it didn't look great. But to come out of that with a point, um, you know, pro- keeps that momentum going, keeps the unbeaten run, and, and they'll probably be quite happy with that. Um, but just moving on to Manchester United and, and a little bit the top four. As a broader picture, where we'll mention Manchester United in the top four, I might be a little bit kind at this point, but you know they're still they're still only seven points off, and that could be turned around. But yeah, we wouldn't back them to do it. But talking about the top four, um, how do you see that one going this season? It's been an interesting one with with Tottenham. Obviously, three wins, three draws, three losses. Not a great start, um, and to lose against Brighton and then draw against winless. Watford is really not a good look for them, and they look like they're in all sorts of problems down there. Um, Arsenal are very consistent, even if they're very unambitious under Unai Emery. They they get points, but they perhaps win more matches than they do. Chelsea look good, but the, you know there's so many unknowns still. And, and with Frank Lampard as a manager, you don't know how that's going to go in the long term. So it does seem like a really good opportunity for Leicester to finish up there. They're they're on 17 points at the moment. Only two points behind Manchester City, so it's been a really good start for them. Do you think that they've got a realistic chance of getting in there? Um, and if not, who do you think are going to be the two teams that finish in the top four with Liverpool and Manchester City? 
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Um, yeah. Quite difficult to say. Um, obviously, you may think at some point Tottenham are going to get their act together and start collecting some victories. Um, that They're too good on paper to continue dropping points, hemorrhaging points in the manner that they are. And I think Pochettino is too good a manager to allow that to keep happening. Um, I think Arsenal sort of going about their business relatively quietly. Um You'd expect them to beat Sheffield United tomorrow. Is that game at Arsenal or Sheffield United? Uh, at Sheffield. At Sheffield. Well, that'll be tougher at Bramall Lane, but you'd fancy Arsenal maybe to get the points to take them back up to third. Um, but there's so much inconsistency that there's no doubt the door is open for a team like Leicester, who were in and around seventh, eighth, that battle of the best of the rest last season. Um, to go on because that's what it is in the Premier League. It's just consistent, consistently being able to find a way to get the edge. Um, because I mean, Leicester were pushed to the absolute limits by Burnley yesterday, and they found a way to win. They were edged out quite unfortunately against um, Liverpool previous week. You know, they're not winning. I mean, I know they they saw Newcastle off, but there was a sending off in that game, and uh, that definitely tipped things in their favour. But other than that, they haven't really been seeing teams off. With, with a lot to spare. Um, so, you know, the, the Premier League is competitive. It, to me, it's going to come down to whether um, Arsenal, Man United and uh, Tottenham can deliver some consistency, the type of consistency that only Arsenal really so far have shown that they might be able to, to do. Um, I still look at Man United's best 11 and think if they get that on the pitch, it's as good as anything else um, in the, you know, of the best of the rest outside Liverpool and Man City anyway. You know, the, their problem is that they can't get, you know, De Gea, Bissaka, Maguire, Pogba, Rashford, Martial on the pitch at the same time. If they got that nucleus of players on the pitch, um, I think they, they'd get a, a run of results. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 think someone, I think someone will finish in the top four. I'm starting to believe that. We, we talked about it when I was on a few weeks ago. Um Nothing's really changed, I suppose, since then. Leicester have, have, have continued to pick up points. West Ham were up there a few weeks ago, but they've dropped down to mid-table now. So it just goes to show how, how quickly you know, things, things can change. But if, if you were asking me now, um, I think I would probably say Liverpool, Man City and um, Chelsea and then probably Leicester, Arsenal and Tottenham battling it out for fourth. So, but 
you know, I, it's impossible to make a definitive prediction, I think. Uh, yeah, I think I generally agree. Um, I think I think the league right now is looking like Liverpool, City, Gap, Chelsea, Gap, uh, and then God knows. Um, I think Chelsea are legit. I think Tammy Abraham being, it looks like he's of the real deal. Um, that is massive for them, just unbelievably important. Um, and they have probably the best underlying numbers of any team outside of City and Liverpool. Uh, they're not; it's not like they have some massive results gap to make up. I don't really see any reason why um, they won't do particular. Why they don't won't do well? Um, I guess Lampard is always a thing, but I don't know. But to this point, they've been fine. I'm not sure it's going to change significantly, barring a significant run of injuries. Um, but yeah, then after them. Uh, Leicester, their attack still really worries me. Um, they are currently massively overperforming their expected goals. Um, they have nine expected goals scored and 16 actual. So like, um, their attack still looks questionable when it comes to the underlying numbers. And I think that's always been a concern for me with them. Um, and, uh, I don't know if they don't have Europe, which is helpful. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if they'll be able to have the strength to see it through. I think they have a chance, but I would not call them anything near favorites. Um, Arsenal, I I really don't trust their results right now. We haven't been playing particularly well, but we have been getting results. Uh, we did that last year, and it ended pretty badly. Um, we fell off a cliff um, and ended up missing out on top four, so that could happen again. Uh, Spurs are definitely the most talented team remaining, but geez, their situation is just seems insane um that seems to be an issue beyond anything i can speak to because it appears to be something that's uh you know in the dressing room that we don't have access to or players just not wanting to be there i'm not entirely sure there's lots of things it could be um i i want to say it's tottenham because they have the most talent but this really does seem like a situation that could get worse before it gets better um and they're running out of time they're they're not that close to running out of time but you know if it stretches on for another month or two or even three then they are absolutely running out of time to turn it around um so i too don't have like a solid answer i want to give for that fourth team um I guess I'll go with the Homer pick and do Arsenal because they have probably the best combination of talent and um, not hating each other. So I'll go with Arsenal, but I'm not sold on it by any means. I think it is going to be the most fascinating it's been for a while. Um, I think people are getting a little bit carried away on Leicester, um, but it is impossible not to considering just how bad some of the other teams are. I think Tottenham especially. Um, I, I think I'm reaching the point with Spurs that I just think they might be a better team without Harry Kane, which is just crazy. I just I think when you've got him and in the team it does limit them just because he's not producing what he was a few years ago. And yeah, just, he's he's not the same player. No, he's he, just not getting the shots off. I know he's scoring penalty goals, so he's scoring at a similar rate, but if you take those away, you you really see that he is not the same player he was. Um and that is massive for them because a lot of what they did was only play like three attackers which is not going to get you a lot of shots if you don't have harry kane getting you like six or seven a game yeah i i think it's it's noticeable when when they have had that spell at, with lucas and some playing together consistently and, and you had ericsson as well they just looked like so much more threatening uh i think k they can be a little bit one-dimensional with kane um and it it, it has definitely hampered them i think that the issues there are bigger than that um I think even even with this Harry Kane, they should be finishing the top four. But I think they just 
they just need that one big result. It it it, it does seem like it's all been going against Pochettino. Um, the, the Bayern game wasn't as bad as it looked. I thought they actually played really well in the first half, surprisingly, and they, the, the result just makes it look terrible. But, um, yeah, I think the, the big issues there, I think Eriksen, Rhodes, Eldevira, Vertonghen, you know, that's only four, but they all wanted to leave, uh, and they're all still there. So that can't be a good dressing room environment. And I think that Pochettino's comments are sort of shown that he doesn't want these, doesn't really want them either. So it, it's never going to be a happy dressing room with, with, with that going on. And, but even with that, I thought they would have enough to beat Watford. Um, so that was just a really... You would think. Yeah. <laughs> you would, but no, it, that was poor. I think Manchester United, I think they're, they're too far off and they've got too many problems. Injuries, as Thomas said, are a big issue there. Chelsea, I think they got written off a little bit at the start of the season. I know Hazard left. Um, probably, you know, the best player in the league last season. But, you know, he, he went and it, it, they still have a lot of good players in that squad. I, I watched the game yesterday. Um and they probably should have beaten us two, three, four nil. They they were all over us. And the two players that played really well that surprised me, uh, Jorginho was really good, and Willian just looked like a completely different player. He's, he looked incredible, um, back to his best. And I think that he he a, a lot's been said about the young players. I think Mount and, and Hudson Odoi and Abraham have all been very very good. But I think it's sort of the older players that were written off a little bit. I think Jorginho has been really good. I think that Marcus Alonso. Look, looks good back in the team and Willian especially looks really good so they they do look like that they, they, they've got enough to finish in the top four um and then Arsenal I, I still think I think Arsenal will do it personally I think that they've got the the talent in attack and I think that's going to be a big thing and, and they don't the, the defense is strange because it's I when I watch Arsenal I don't I just see so many shots go in but I just don't ever we we defend like Burnley. Yeah, that's that's what that's the plan. Um, it's, it's, but we don't have as good defenders to do it. Um, we have extreme, well, we have extremely error prone defenders. So when you take a system like that, it doesn't like you know, it's essentially you guys are just going to have to do these simple things over and over and over and over and over again. But that doesn't work when you have David Luiz and Socrates and J- Granite Jaka and all that. So yeah. it, I mean, you mentioned Mustafi. <laughs> And then yeah. another thing with Arsenal, I just I think that you you would be a better team if you had Ozil in there somewhere. But then fitting him in is always Pre- been preaching the issue. to the choir. It, it, yeah, it's it, it's strange, but I think I think it's got to get better with Emery somehow. I think that this is the worst Arsenal are going to do. I think there's going to be improvement for some reason. I, I've just got that sort of belief that there's going to be improvement. So I, I don't know where it comes from, but I've... I envy you. I envy you <laughs> a lot. I think it's going to get better. So I think those two, those four are going to be the ones. Um, but it's going to be interesting. Uh, I think it's probably going to be the most interesting Premier League for a while. We say that every season. It's probably just recency bias that makes us say that. But I don't think there's one team that I think is definitely going to go down. I don't think there's, you know, I couldn't tell you the top four now. I think there's only two that are locked in there. Normally, you know, it's normally it's not. Uh, there's at least three teams that, that you think are definitely going to do it. I think Chelsea are getting to that point, but there's still a lot of doubts there. So I think it's going to be interesting. Um, and and just the results this year, Wolves um, and Norwich beating City this early on, it's just just made it for quite an entertaining season to this point, and and I think it will continue. But moving into um, the round the table discussion, as we call it, asking each of our guests a few questions. We'll start with you, Thomas. Um, a bit of a frustrating one for Wolves yesterday, I thought. Um, you know, to have two goals not given for for VAR decisions. 
it, it's frustrating, even if ultimately the decisions were probably right. Um, how do you think that one went? And do you think that Wolves are now reaching the point that you were last year? It's been seen as the best team outside the top six. And, and will you be getting up there with sort of Leicester in the weeks to come? Or will the Europa League be too much of a burden for that to happen? I think the answer is it's impossible to say. Um, if you look at our last two results, going to Man, going to the Etihad and, and seeing off Man City, uh, and then failing to overcome a struggling Southampton team, albeit a Southampton team who have done well away from home this season, um, it tells you that you know that that is Wolves, that, and that that was Wolves last season. We we are capable of putting together long unbeaten runs before unbeaten now after a difficult start two wins two draws so we are accumulating the points um i think europe will be continue to be an issue um we've got i think it i can't remember who we're playing in the week um Slovan bratislava i think and then we've got newcastle away on sunday so that will be that will be another tough combination of games having to travel and then go up to st james's park um so yeah, I mean, I, I think we that that we we were in a lot of trouble a few weeks ago, and we eked out a result against Watford in a game that could have probably gone against us if a few moments hadn't quite gone our way, and then we produced a fantastic result at the Etihad, and it's kind of like we've we've kickstarted our season. Um, you know that that's how quickly it can change. So um, I don't know where we'll finish. I suspect that Europe will will cost us a couple of places and some points. So around mid table, probably not too far off where we are now is, is ultimately where I would probably predict we'll finish. But I think we're too good to be, um, you know, down by the, the bottom five or six teams, but um, probably not quite got the, the, the squad depth going back to that point um, to be, to be competing with teams like Leicester and, and West Ham who don't have that, um, you know, extra burden on them. Um, but yeah, I mean, yesterday, credit to Southampton, they, they pressed us quite high up. They made it quite congested in the midfield. Um, I said to you before we came on, Jake, that um, Holberg and Romeo are, are two workhorses in there, and they they're quite good screening the, the back the back. Well, I think it was a back three yesterday they played, um, and uh, and yeah, we didn't we didn't do enough to get around them. Um, they made us they forced us into mistakes at the back. And when they got ahead, I was thinking, oh, we're going to do well to get anything out of this game. Questionable um, penalty that we got. It was a good run by Doherty, but I think he poked his leg into the defender to get the penalty. Um, but obviously, I wasn't complaining. Um, yeah, the two goals disallowed for VAR were, were both correct. I did disagree with Jimenez getting a yellow card because he was obviously just trying to chest the ball. Um, and he hit his arm, so short the goal off. But I don't think you need to book him for a deliberate handball. He's got to try and control the ball. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that answers all the questions you you asked. <laughs> Just one more before we move on to Dan and Arsenal. It, it, it's I think when I look at Wolves, it, the, the lineup seems quite settled. But the big issue I think at the start of the season, which has mainly been impacted by uh, Hotter's lack of lack of goals in the Premier League per se, is the uh, who partners Jimenez and, and do you think that the, the formation is right but it's just finding the right person for him I know Coutinho played yesterday um, from what I've seen of him I, I quite liked him at AC Milan but he's missed a lot of big chances for, for Wolves already and he does seem to be struggling with the Premier League a little bit um, do you think that's, a, that's an area that, that 
you need to to get right, whether that is getting hotter or Katrina up to speed, or maybe finding somebody else to partner Jimenez. Yeah, well, uh, Nuno's alternated this season between two shapes, so he's either played the two up front, which would be Jimenez and Jota if they're if they're both fit, um, and then Katrina has been filling in for Jota, or, or he's played the three up front, in which play, case he's played the Dharma Traore further up. And then normally um, Jota, if he's been fit alongside uh, Jimenez. Uh, Cutrone, I think, is very much a backup. Um, I think he's come towards a difficult moment. He hadn't scored many goals for AC Milan last season after a breakthrough season the year before. So I think his confidence is quite low. He's a very busy player. Um, he gets around the pitch, puts his body around. Um, I think he's been quite unfortunate. He, he came close a couple of times at Everton and saw some good shots blocked, saved. He couldn't sort his feet out properly against Man City. Fluffed a chance there. Um, and then he, he quite a smart finish that led to the goal that uh, Jimenez got ruled out yesterday. So he is doing bits. Um, but yeah, I think I think finding finding that balance up front. If we, if we get Jota fit um, consistently, then that's a major plus because I still believe, even though his stats suggest otherwise so far this season, he's one of the outstanding players, the outstanding talents outside the top six because when he's when he's at full speed, he showed the second half of last season that he could just beat anyone, basically. So keeping getting him fit and partnering him with Jimenez, um, that will probably result in us collecting a good amount of points. And moving on to, to Arsenal now with you, Dan. Just a, a question I have with Arsenal at the moment. It's the formation that, that Emery seems to be using. He, he seems to be a little bit confused about how he wants the team to set up from from. from as an outsider looking in, I think against Bournemouth, you had uh, Pepe, Sabolos and um, Saka behind Aubameyang, which is a little bit of a change from what he's been doing before. Do you think that he knows his best team? Um, I think it, it certainly looks from the outside that he doesn't and he's experimenting a lot, which it seems strange being a year into a job that he's, he's not yet found the shape that he wants to use. I think one thing about Emery is he just changes formations. That's just something he does. Like I don't think he settles on I'm going to have this as my team. Um, that's that's one of the things that made him uh, attractive to uh, in some people's eyes uh, coming into the job. You know, tactical flexibility, which is always what people request. But then when they actually get it, and you're never settling on a team, they may like it less. Um, so I think he's kind of gone between uh, mostly a 4-2-3-1 and a 4-4-2 diamond. Uh, occasionally, I think he had, we played 4-3-3 once or twice this season. Um, so, yeah, I don't think he has, like, a one formation he's going to settle on. I know generally in his career he prefers 4-2-3-1, but he is very flexible with um, uh, how he puts it out, depending on the opponent. Um, that's just kind of a feature of who he is as a manager. After the international break, obviously it hasn't come for Arsenal yet. We'll come tomorrow night. But do you think that the return of Bellerin and and the you know the emergence of Tierney, who, who's now back, do you think those two coming into the team will add sort of tactical flexibility and give Arsenal a lot more in attack than perhaps they have at the moment with Chambers and Kalasinac? Uh Yeah, I do. I think they're a massive improvement on um uh, on the right hand side, uh, Maitland Niles slash um, Chambers, and on the left hand side, Klasnich. Uh Tierney, uh, he's only played against um in the League Cup and in the Europa League, so you know, question the talent level, but he's looked very impressive um, every time I've seen him. So I'm very excited to see him against uh, Premier League teams uh, and see him get his feet under himself uh, in Premier League matches. Uh, Bellerin, we know Bellerin. He's well, he we. We think we know Bellerin because obviously coming off of a significant injury, it may take him some time to get up to speed. So that is probably 
bit more questionable, but I'm still happy he's back. Uh, hopefully he can get back to being the Hector Bellerin we know and love very quickly because that player is very good um, and would contribute a lot to attack. Because that is another feature of uh, how Emery plays. He really likes to uh, move the ball forward through his fullbacks and get fullbacks to you know um, get them to the byline and pull balls back for strikers like Aubameyang and uh, Lacazette and Pepe, well, hopefully Pepe to get on the end of and put in. That's that's very much a feature of uh, how he has had us play over the year plus he's managed. So they could really do a lot in attack um, and not having say class net defending is always a good thing. So, you know, that's a positive. Yeah. I think, I think there's not another team in the premier league that has two players coming back that is, or coming in that are going to improve them pretty much in one position, which, you know, that's, that's definitely a plus for Arsenal. Um, and just before we move on, uh, on Pepe, I, th- I see every week when Arsenal play, there's so much criticism of Pepe. Um, obviously, a new player to the league, he, it's going to take time. I think it took time when he moved clubs in France as well. So it might be there's something that's systematic of, of him as a, as a character and a player that he needs that time to adapt. To. Are you worried about him or, or how have you sort of rated his start in an Arsenal shirt? Um, because you know, he seems to be doing fine, but when you're paying that sort of money, there's obviously a, an expectation on him. Uh, and that's definitely comes from on social media during games. Social media overacting. I'm shocked. Um, no, I think he's been fine. I think fine is the correct word to uh, describe uh, his performances to this point. Uh, I think a big thing is I'm not sure how well he gets on with um, uh, with a bombing up top and with a, a ten like Ceballos behind him, or uh, frustratingly at times in the four three three, like having to play with Torreira, and then also having uh, fullbacks who don't get forward uh, as well. Uh, in I think he's a lot of the times come with Chambers, which he just doesn't have the pace to get up that quickly. Uh, he so he hasn't really been able to do a lot of. Um, a lot of one-two play with anyone because Torreira is just, that's not his position. He's not particularly comfortable there. That is a really frustrating thing of Emery, actually. He seems to want uh, Torreira to be a box-box midfielder, which is just wild. I really don't understand that at all because uh, every time I watch him play box-to-box, I am incredibly frustrated with how poor he is in transition. Uh, so I don't really understand the thinking there, but that, that is something he has said in press conferences that he wants more of, so I guess we're going to get it for better or for worse. Um and I do think it hurts Pepe as well because I think a lot of things he he wants to like he wants to come inside but he doesn't like you know it's hard to dribble through three or four players uh, he likes to play like I saw uh, YouTube highlights to so take what you will uh, but he did play a lot of one twos coming inside from uh, his position on the right and he can't really do that because Aubameyang as incredible a striker as he is he's not one who's going to come back and link play. Um, as much as I'm not sure I want Lacazette up top instead of Aubameyang, if he, that does happen, I think he could help with that. Or, you know, playing Mizzou at 10 would also probably help with that, but that doesn't seem to be something that's going to happen. So until it does, we'll, we, I can't really address that possible option because there just seems to be a whole can of worms with that. Moving on to player watch now, I just want to get both your guys' uh, thoughts on a player at your club that stood out, so sort of your player of the season so far, but... Maybe a little bit too early to be using that. So just a standout player for your club so far across all competitions. Start with you, Thomas. Yeah, I'm going to go for um, Willy Bolly. Um, vastly underrated player. Don't often hear him get spoken about very often. But I'm going to say he is comfortably the best defender outside of, well, let's say the top six. I suppose you might put Maguire into that if you're talking big money. But he's. I just can't believe that we got him in the first place and that nobody wanted him and that nobody's watched his performances over the last two and a bit years and thought, this guy's uh, the real deal because he can play on the deck. He wins everything in the air. 
He reads the game really well. I just I just think he's a, a Champions League level defender, and I just don't get. You know, France have obviously got a very well stocked uh, defensively because they've obviously overlooked him for a couple of years, and maybe I don't understand the intricacies in his game that that mean he's not he's not really at the level that maybe I think he is. But but he's been you know brilliant for us this season, and, and when he hasn't played. We've really missed him. Case in point, you, you know, the, the game Chelsea took us apart. Um, Tammy Abraham really, really hurt us in the game. He wasn't there. And I think if you just inserted him into that team, that game would have suddenly become a hell of a lot more competitive. Um, if we had two of him, I think we'd be um, we'd be really strong pushing for that top six, uh, top six position. And that's an area that the pitch on the other side of Conor Cody where we definitely need we need to find a player. Um, we were linked with Ruben Diaz in the summer from Benfica, and I was really hopeful we were going to get like a serious marquee signing over the line there. Um, it didn't happen, but, um, but yeah, just every every time I see a back three, I just I just look at that and think, oh, I wish we had another one of him on the other side. So um, so yeah, Willie Bolly for me. Uh, I don't think it's any surprise to anyone, but Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, he has been our entire team at this point this season. He scored seven of our thirteen league goals which is quite good. Um, he's just unbelievable. Uh, there's really not that much to say about him that hasn't already been said. He's an incredible striker, uh, and if it wasn't for him, we would be in a much worse position than we currently are. Uh, I, I do think he really should get more talk a bit about being the best striker in the Premier League. Uh, I'm not entirely sure he is, uh, just because it's tight with him and Aguero, but uh, it would not be it would not be an insane shout to say he is, if that makes sense. Um, and he's just incredible, and our entire team. Well, that's one way to say your best player <laughs> is, a, is your entire team, but just moving on, before we wrap up to match previews, uh, I guess we'll just do a week preview, because both of your teams have a lot of games coming up, and the first one for Arsenal is going to be a little bit outdated, but we'll, we'll do a little bit on it. So, Dan, we'll start with you. Uh, just look at the week ahead for Arsenal. You've got um, Sheffield United tomorrow night, and then you go away to... to is it, Victoria Gemeresh or whatever they're known in Portugal, uh, probably butchered that. Um, how do you see those two games going? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure how. I think the Sheffield game is going to be very tight, and um, we are not a particularly good away team. Um, we haven't been quite as bad this season, results-wise. But I mean, performances we've been just as bad, and it's not like our results have been good. Um, uh, but Sheffield are uh, a bit starved for talent um, and have like they've. Their results have been fine, but they're not like an incredible team. That is one I really think we're going to lose. I've been kind of going back and forth whether I think it's going to be a draw or a win. Um, so I think either of those are I, every result is in their own possibility. That's how football works. But I think those are the two more likely results: um, a tight win or a draw. Um, I'll I'll say I have confidence that we'll win because sure, why not? Um, and the Europa League game. Uh, uh, I'll say we'll win. It was it's at home, so that's something. I don't know much about the team, and I'm not sure it matters all that much. Um, I'm pretty confident we're gonna get through the group. So it's kind of just like don't play the important players, don't let them get hurt, uh, and everything has gone well. That will lead into Aubameyang getting an injury when he comes in for a yes. five minute cameo. Yes, it will. <laughs> he has that done before in this competition. I cannot believe Emery did that. I was so bad. <laughs> uh, and moving on to you now, Thomas. You've got a, a game against Slovan Bratislava in Europa League, and then you play Newcastle in the Premier League. How do you see those two games going? 
Uh, well, I don't know a lot about Slovan Bratislava. I'm going to hold my hand up there. Um, interesting factoid about that game, going back to the point of racism. So they were uh, instructed after being found guilty of uh, racist chants by their fans against um, PAOK Athens. Um, they got told this game had to be played behind closed doors. Um, so the attendance for this game will actually be their biggest home game of the season, 21,000 home tickets. They found a loophole that means they can sell to uh, children and uh, if they let a certain number of children in, then they can have a certain number of adults who are classed as chaperones. So figure that out. There's no Wolves fans being permitted to the game and they've got 21,000 home fans for a behind-the-closed-doors <laughs> fixture. So uh, there you go. That's probably an area where you probably need to look at what they're doing and... Uh, and really consider if that's a just and fair punishment for racism. Um, but yeah, I don't know anything about the game. I'm hoping he'll rotate the squad because I'd like to I'd like to uh, progress in Europe. And to be honest, we'll do well not to qualify because I think the top two definitely go through and then the, a lot of the best third places. And we've already got a win against Besiktas. I fancy us to get a home win in one of the two remaining games. So really, I'd like to just get that one out of the way be competitive and try and get results, of course, but um, but really focus on Newcastle. Um, we, we didn't play well against Newcastle in either of the games last season. We we, we weren't at St James's Park, and then we were very lucky to get a, a point, as you well know, Jake, uh, in the home game with that man, Willie Bolly, <laughs> towering over you to get that uh, controversial late equaliser. So I'd like to see us play well against Newcastle. That would be a, a, a good starting point. But as as for the game, you know, there's such fine margins um, in most of the in most of the games. You just don't know. I, I was interested that Steve Bruce said um, after the the Chelsea game yesterday that he got a, a set of fixtures coming up where he really felt they had a good chance of collecting a lot of points after the fixtures had recently. So I'm hoping he's going to end up with egg on his face there. Um, but we'll see. So yeah, well, what are you thinking about that game? Is that is that one that you look at and think, yeah, Wolves at home, licking your lips. <laughs> I don't think there's a single game in the Premier League that I look at and go, God, we should be getting some points out of this one. I don't have Steve Bruce's confidence there. Um, I don't really think we played very well against Chelsea at all. We started okay, but it's just in attack, we have absolutely nothing. We don't create anything. And it's all right having a £40 million striker, but when, he, when he's getting no chances, you can't really judge what he's doing because he, he has absolutely nothing to, to go off. But we, we have played five of the top six already, which... Not sure too many other teams have done that. So we'll see how the next few games go. I think that I'm happier to play Wolves after an, an away trip in the Europa League than I would be normally. Um, but yeah, a home game against anybody in the Premier League, barring City or, or Liverpool, I think you have to be going in it looking to win. Um, so yeah, I think that that's got to be the attitude. But I don't think we've shown enough yet to to make me confident of getting anything out of a home game against Wolves but we'll see it, it could happen um, see it'll be interesting to see which, what sort of team that Nuno plays in, in the Europa League if you know Jimenez and, and Neves and Moutinho um, all play then I think I'll be a little bit more confident about the weekend just based on that because you know Moutinho and Jimenez especially um, well, Moutinho especially you know he's, he's on the wrong side of 30 now so I'm not sure he has the, the ability to keep playing as many games as this and it could be that He's one that they need to rotate more than the others. But uh, no, I, I think it'll be interesting. But I don't think we're favourites um, <laughs> in this home game, which is a bit of a 
just show is where we are. To be honest, we, we're not very good. So, <laughs> I, I I think we're probably on performances. Um, probably the worst team in the Premier League over the, the first nine games. So yeah, it's no, it's, it's not good. But we've got a couple of big results, and we're about par for where we should be. So it, it is a it is a big three games for us. But um, I think we've got Wolves and then a couple of other winnable games. So it'll be if we do pick up some points now. Um, I would judge Steve Bruce slightly differently, but to now it's not been great. But now we're out of time after I squeezed a little bit of Newcastle chat in there. So guys, we'd just like to tell people where they can reach you. That'll be a good time. Yeah, you can uh, find me at wolvesblog.com if you want to uh, check out any of the previews we're playing your team this week. Uh, and on Twitter at wolvesblog and uh, facebook.com forward slash wolvesblog. Really leaving on the best note with that Newcastle chat. But um, yeah, I'm still Dan. I'm still an Arsenal fan. You can still get me on Twitter at the underscore jersey underscore fits. Yeah, you get me on Twitter at Jake Jap with two ends. We're going to have a championship show coming up this week as well. So check that one out. It'll be available on this same channel. Uh, but just with that, thanks so much for listening, guys. And we hope you join us again next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.